what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on TheMesh.TV. My name is Alan Jackson. With me as always is my brother, Brian Jackson, my brother in tech. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good. I'm good, Alan. Yeah, we're, uh, we're plugging along here, right? Still looking at internet and trying to, to hopefully give some important information that uh, people need at this time. So I'm excited. This is, uh, yeah, this is one of our deep dive episodes. So in case you're joining us for the first time, the deep dive episodes where we go a little bit uh, more, go deeper, go into a little more detail on some of the things we we discussed in our main topic. The main topic in this situation was your actual internet connection coming into your home. Uh, the ins and outs about getting internet into your home, what their different types are, what are some different devices you need to be aware of. So we're, we had a deep dive last talking about the Wi-Fi networks and some more specifics about Wi-Fi. This one, we're going to go into more of a tips and tricks episode. This is yeah. more of a ways to help improve the speed of your internet access or network in your home. Um, I, Brian, we get these calls all the time. Yep. People yep. call and say, look, my internet's slow. What's going on? Uh, it's taking forever to download. My TV uh, keeps buffering video and it's just really annoying. I'm paying 80 bucks a month for internet. Why is this happening? And yeah. there's a lot of reasons that could be in the, in the, in the mix. We talked about some of those things on our previous episode about Wi-Fi. some things that could be causing, you know, but if your router speed is not the right speed or if your computers are not capable of getting the speed, but even if the hardware is all in the right spot, there's a lot of things that could still be tripping you up, could be impacting your network speed. So we thought it'd be a good time to kind of, through some of those with uh, with the listeners. Yeah, and let me let me just say, if you're about ready to turn us off because you're someone who doesn't want deep deep information, this one's going to be a little different. This one this one we're going to kind of be splitting with useful information that everybody should be doing, right? So I would I would hang on here for a second, even if you're someone who really doesn't want to get too techy, hang on with us because we're actually going to talk about the low tech ways of dealing with some of the problems that you're having. And then we'll progressively get more and more, uh, more and more techie as we go along. But initially, we're going to be starting with some some things that all of us should be doing and recognizing make a difference. Um, and they certainly are ways for you to save uh, from having to get a tech call, for having someone come in and do different things. There's a lot of little things you could try yourself. So, um, so don't don't turn us off just yet, right? Uh, stick with us a little longer and uh, see if some of the first few uh, items that we bring up might be useful for you. And then then by all means, uh, glaze over if you'd like, if we're going to get too techie for you. Nothing like starting an episode begging people <laughs> not to turn <laughs> Well, and and for those that we already lost, uh, given the fact that you didn't even start, start this one, um, yeah, we can't get you back. Okay. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's jump right into it. So, right. oh man, this calls good. us up and said, look, my, my internet is slow. Uh, especially if they said, look, it, it, it's been good before, but just for whatever reason right now, it's running really slow. Things just aren't loading very fast or downloading very fast, or whatever. I'm going to ask you, Brian, looking you right in the face, what is the number one suggestion or thing you would tell them to do? Mm, restart, restart. Yes, it always is restart. Computer, computer, yep. modem, router, right? Wi-Fi, all of that. Restart all of it, okay? Yes. This this will solve 75% of the issues, yep. I guarantee. Yep. yep. Because what, here's what happens, guys, is you're using your computer, you're using your internet, stuff's been going on. Your internet is running 24-7. Your router and your modem are running 24-7. Sometimes your computer's been running 24-7. If you, if you don't shut it off at night and it's still running all night. Computers are still computers. They're still going to get built up on stuff. There may be a lot of stuff running in the background. There could be something congesting the computer. The number one way to get things cleared out is a just a pure restart. 
So you can restart your computer. That is kind of step number one. Yep. And we're not talking getting it to sleep. Okay. We're talking a true restart, going up and saying, I want to restart the computer, whether it's up in the Apple menu on a Mac or on your start menu on Windows, tell it to do a restart of the computer. Yep. Uh, and that probably will take care of some of the internet speed because again, the computer is what's trying to process information from the internet. And if it's gotten congested and slow running, it may not be that your network's slow, it's that the computer that's trying to show you the information on the internet is running super slow. Or then, I've Brian, also noticed if, some priority things, right, Alan? I mean, if you're, so if there are some things that are pulling more bandwidth throughout your house, your TV, whatever, some of these some of these networks can actually be too smart and that they start sending information, more priority information to that particular device and restarting your computer may actually get you back to the top of that list, right? And it may actually kind of put you back in the queue to get that information. So, yeah. So the same thing goes for whether it's computer or phone. Mm -hmm. You know, if your if phone is running really slow on the internet, it's a good time to restart the phone. Uh, your Apple TV, your Amazon Fire TV, your Google um, um, Cast Box, any of those, restart them, unplug them, get the power out, restart them, whatever you need to do to just get a new cycle going on those devices. But now, Brian, if they do that and we're still slow, that's one thing of restarting the computers themselves or the phones or devices, but you've actually got one or two more spots where you could do a restart right. as well, correct? Right. Yeah. And so this is this is where we're potentially going to save you uh, the 30 to 45 minutes that you're going to be sitting listening to music if you happen to call in tech support for your uh, your uh, internet provider because they are going to tell you, have you restarted your router? Have you restarted your modem? That is going to be the first thing, and they won't even talk to you if you haven't done that yet. So generally what they're going to do is they're going to say, uh, unplug it. Or what I tend to do is I'll go to the, the router or the modem and pull the power cord out the back and give it at least 30 seconds. That's another thing that's kind of important. They're all, the, all of these have like a power backup so that they're used to getting potentially a small blip and still trying to cycle through. So it's keeping the settings. Well, what you want it to do is to go back through and cycle through again. You want it to restart. And the way to do that, pull the power out, wait 30 seconds put the power back in and let it go through its system. And it's going to take probably two minutes or so to go through and the lights will start to go from, you know, red to orange to, to green, which means that it's going through its system of finding the internet, pulling the internet in and then deciding, yep, I'm now ready to, to, you know, present you with the internet correctly. That can work. Now I will say maybe this is the part where it goes a little deeper into that. If you are someone that has, um, so I have Frontier, and Frontier uh, delivers internet through uh, uh, my cable line, but that's all we do. We don't have cable uh, through them. There's a box in my garage that is plugged into the wall that is basically their battery backup for the system. So that information comes from their cable to this you know, battery backup that they've put in, and it actually has a little, almost looks like a little... Um, well, not little, actually, it's a, a fairly large cell battery sitting in there. And that is what then keeps the power to the internet, basically, to pull that internet in. And then it sends it out throughout my house. So I've had before where they'll say, go and pull the battery out of that box to do a full recycle reset. And so that could be something else that you could try. But of course, you know, usually the router itself can do a lot of this and can kind of recycle what's going to be happening. Um, also, yeah. go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, I know people are sometimes a little nervous about the idea of messing with the boxes that yeah. the internet can be installed. Unplugging the power, letting it sit for 30 seconds, plugging it back in, will not destroy anything, will not mess up nope. what kind of connection you're getting. Um, it will either bring it back at your normal speed, or you may still encounter the same speed issue, then we'll go on to the next steps. Uh, but you don't need to worry about unplugging it, plugging it back in will all of a sudden mess up your account or mess right. up right. anything with the internet. It, 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 these things are meant to be restarted yep. on some occasion and that's yep. what they're going to do. So. Yep. And I think, you know, you and I talked about this before, but it's always a good idea that anything that you have coming from 
the outside of your house, working its way in towards your Wi-Fi box or your computer, whatever the, the end of that um, system happens to be. I'm always a big believer of unplug all of those things and then start with the one that's closest to the signal coming from the company. So let's say, you know, what is the chain generally, right? Other than let's take the box and the garage out of it. But let's say we've got the coax cable coming out of the, the wall. It's going mm -hmm. to a, let's say we've got a modem, modem. that then yeah. goes to maybe a Wi-Fi box. Let's assume they're not together. Maybe you've got a modem from Frontier, from Comcast, but then you've got it plugged into a, uh, a Google Wi-Fi uh, network. Okay. Well, I would unplug each of those in terms of power. Right. And I would wait until that 30 seconds is done. I would plug back in the first thing that is connected uh, from that, uh, the wall. So that's probably the modem. The modem. Yep. yep. So I would plug the modem back in and let it do its full cycle up. Right. Just hold off. Everything else stays off. Let it cycle up until you get your green lights and it shows that it's working. Then I would plug in my wireless network to that. Let it then cycle up. Because basically what you're doing is kind of letting the internet cleanly feed in through the process and get to the point that you need to be. And then if you want, go back to your computer, restart it after you've done all of that other restart. And now you have a clean system. Um, and if it's not working at that point, then there's other little quirks we've got to get into. Right. But that's the first thing to check. Yeah. And, and I'll, the, the biggest advice I'll give people on this is be patient. Yep. Um I know I'm the worst person about this. I, I expect to, I, I, I have a hard time waiting 30 seconds after unplugging it before. <laughs> and also when I plug it back in, I want the internet to work really, really quickly right yeah. away. And it doesn't, you're right. Sometimes it may take two, three, four minutes before yep. things come back online. And that 30 second window, it may not be exactly 30 every device needs, but 30 is a good rule of thumb for most internet connected devices to give it a clean swap. So wait that yep. 30 seconds a little longer. And then once you boot stuff back up, give it several minutes before you start calling somebody else for help, you know, just wait. And uh, now after five, 10 minutes, if you still don't have the internet or the internet's still super slow, something else is going on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, how, how often would you think that a normal person should be doing this, Alan? Normal person? Yeah. Well, so, so, so yeah, not you. Yeah. So normally, like, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm resetting. How, yeah. So, so if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're resetting daily, is that a problem? That's a yes. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. These, these boxes are not, these devices are, are not meant to need to be restarted every day. No. Um, I think, I think though, depending if you're a heavy user, if you're at home all the time and you're using the internet all the time, it's not a bad idea every few weeks to go in and, and do a reset, you know, maybe every two or three weeks. Yeah. I was going to say maybe uh, once a month. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we're, you know, I don't work at home, uh, all day, you know, I'm, I'm not in the, my wife is there working, but she is not streaming tons, tons of stuff during the day. Yeah. You know, I might go down and reset my modem and reset the wireless. Uh, yep. I don't know, a yep. month or so, maybe, maybe less frequently than that. Honestly, if it's if it's working fine and I keep doing my speed tests and everything's looking great, I, I try not to touch it if I don't yeah. have to. Yep. Um, no, but, but I think it it's just kind of a good key that if if you find that someone does this and it works, and then they go, "Ooh, okay, well, I've got to do it again tomorrow and then the next day," it's time to get someone out there to check on some different things uh, because if restarting has to happen in order for this to work. It's one thing to say that, hey, my internet's been running for th three, six months and everything's been great and now it's not. Recy recycling can be great. Um, you know, or if you, you know, found a way to use it, like you said, on Sundays, because you have heavy users, I decide that I'm going to go up and just restart things in the early Sunday morning before everybody else gets up just to make sure that, you know, nothing's hanging up and doesn't cause me any issues. That's fine. It's just if you're finding you're having to do this a lot. It's a problem. Get someone else out. Yeah. If if, I have to, if you have to do it more than once a week, yeah, it's for a problem. sure. Yeah, something else is going on with causing that because these devices should not get that throttled and bottlenecked right. after just a matter of a few days. I wouldn't yep. think so. All right. All right. Well, what well, else? What else can we do? No, I think you can also explore the location of devices, and we kind of alluded to this 
previous episode with where you placed your router or where you place any boxes you use to extend your signal. But signal placement is really important because this is just like you, you in the last episode, Brian, you gave the example of this being like radio frequencies. The further you get away from a radio tower, the signal starts to break apart and you lose it. Same thing with Wi-Fi. So you may have your router in your house and you may have it right where the internet comes in. That may be in the basement of your house. That may be on the far other end of your house. And here you are in the place where you're going to work and your internet's not what you think it should be speed-wise. It could have a lot to do with the location or position or placement of your Wi-Fi router yep. in general. Yep. Um, especially if you have like a standalone single unit router, you don't need a mesh network. You don't need anything more robust than that. Um, I mean, I read somewhere, you know, e each router kind of has its own specs on what level of distance that they feel like they're rated for. Some of them, you know, 100 to 150 feet, you start to really see some degradation of signal after that. Mm -hmm. You start mapping that on the house that you can go from one end of the house to the other and have lost a lot of your signal from that. So yeah. maybe that your internet speed is slow. It's just your connection to your Wi-Fi signal is uh, is not as strong as it needs to be. Yeah. And I and I think Alan, this is one of the things. Now, if you if you start a new internet service, like let's say you go to a company and say, "Hey, I'd like to have internet brought in," they send a technician out. Okay, one of the problems that people have is that oftentimes they say, "Oh, I want the router to be in that room because that's my office," and they think less. They think about where what's you know where they want to see it or they don't want to see it, and they want to have it close to a computer. But if that is, you know, in the outskirts of your house, if that's where the router is going to be, then that's a problem. What you really should be asking is, where do I ideally want, if you're going to use Wi-Fi, where do I want this router to be most centrally located so that um, so that I can blast a signal out? Now, will that be a problem with your computer if your computer happens to be in the office in a far-reaching corner? Maybe, but that's also where you might look into things like the mesh networks we talked about before, where you might be able to plug directly into one of those satellites. But I think that's that's a that's an issue people have is they often think, well, of course I'm going to get good internet throughout because you're giving me a Wi-Fi box that says it's good for 2,000 square feet, but that's 2,000 square feet of a of a blocked house, right? A normal house. That's not 2,000 square feet of a spread out house or a house with lots of concrete, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Well, if you can almost visually picture your house from a side view, you know, you see the height of it and you see the, try to figure out where would be the most centralized location, not only geographically within the house, but also where do most people spend most of their time? Yep. And let's make sure that, that the router is as close to that point as possible. Um, so yeah, your office may be on one end of the house, but if everybody else in the family is going to be using the internet on the other side of the house, is there a spot in the middle of those two extremes that will still get a good signal to both yeah. sides? So you've got to think very strategically about <clears> it. <throat> it's just like a radio signal. I mean, it's, it is based on location. It is based on proximity to everything. And the further you stick it away, the harder it's going to be for people to get good speeds off of it. Yeah. So, yep. So also, now, also is, is important. I mean, just in general, even in the room where you hook it yeah. up, um, like I mentioned in previous episode, our internet comes through a cable line down into our basement and our basement's in a big unfinished concrete storage area. And so I have a shelf very high up in that room where I put the router up on that shelf because I know that I need to kind of keep pushing that signal up in the house as high as mm -hmm. I can. And from the floor to the, to the ceiling may not be, but you know, eight, 10 feet, but that's still eight or 10 feet of more signal. I have now pushed up in my house right. to get higher in my room. So thinking about it truly as a spatial distance uh, location mm -hmm. to the rest of the house. Yeah. yeah. And also uh, there's a, you may want to look at your router itself and to see, it's a multi-directional signal, so it's sending it out in all directions. And sometimes, just in terms of how you or how you um, orient the uh, device itself, like right? putting it, you know, some of these, for example, the one I have has uh, it's kind of a long, wide box that came from uh, the internet company, and it's got a little stand where you can stand it up. Well, the purpose of it standing up is that the signals are actually sent 
down as well as to the side as well as up so if you set this thing down on the ground okay well now you've pretty much have gotten rid of half of the signal because it can't go down any further right it's hitting the hitting the uh the floor so having it lifted up a little bit having it maybe vertical maybe even turning it upside down if you go into businesses big universities and hospitals when they have those wi-fi signals they're on the wall they're high on the wall and they're turned sideways so that they're supposed to then blast out and not get immediately uh hitting concrete floors so you know, lift it off the ground, uh, make sure that there's not a lot of other things around it. This is where I have a problem is that I tend to try to jam all of my equipment into one corner, you know, and Mm -hmm. just to get it out of the way. But now all of those things are now fighting for uh, air, right, to be able to send your signals out. So um, space them out if you can, uh, lift them off the ground if you can, maybe put a little table, you know, having a little table that sits up just for the the Wi-Fi uh, device to sit on, will allow it to to spread its uh, spread its signal out a little bit more effectively. So, now we did talk about in the last episode that you know historically there have been considered Wi-Fi repeaters or extenders, yeah. and the idea that if you have a single router in your house, but you really want to try to amplify the signal that people can get other places in the house, you can add extenders to your network, little boxes that their whole purpose is just to connect to your main Wi-Fi network and then amplify it on its own so you have greater uh, exposure to the signal. We did talk about how there's some flaws with that and that doesn't necessarily help keep your internet speed strong at these other locations. It's all about giving you just good signal, Mm -hmm. but it is an option if you just feel like you just need a better signal in certain parts of your house and you don't want to invest in a mesh network, you don't need that to that level. Then getting little forty fifty dollar Wi Fi extenders may be a better option for yeah. you. Work with as well, Alan. Let's let's just real quickly give a simple example, right? So let's just say for for argument's sake, your Wi Fi signal or your Wi Fi box can travel two hundred feet. Okay? okay, so it can travel two hundred feet, but that generally means it can go two hundred feet left, two hundred feet up, two hundred feet down, two hundred feet to the right. Right? So if you said, oh well. You know, I'm going to get an extender because I happen to want to put my router into one corner of the house. That's where my office is. And it takes 400 feet to get to the other side of your house. Right? I'm just going to put a repeater midway in my house so that I can reach the signal to the other side. You would have been much better off putting that router, that single router without a repeater in the center and have it go 200 feet both direction. Your signal and your your uh, speed is going to be so much better than it would be having it then repeated once to get to that same level. And we oftentimes think repeating means amplification, and it means amplification of signal, not amplification of speed. So pretty important to recognize centrally locate your router first and then figure out if you have to have repeats. Yeah. Now, one more caveat on the placement. So a lot of people just automatically believe where my router has to go wherever my internet's coming into my house. And in most cases, yeah, that's probably going to be your option. So in other words, the internet's coming in, the modem's coming into a certain room in your house. It's maybe already wired for that already. Um, And that is where your internet modem's going to be. And you need to connect to that internet modem with your Wi-Fi router. Now, if you really want to get deep on this, I mean you can do some things to wire that router to be in a different room of your house. As long as it's got a physical hard connection somehow over ethernet cable or some of the things, if you do some wiring in your house to get back to your modem. So in other words, your modem could be down in your cellar basement, but if you're able to run a physical hard wire from the modem through your house up to a room where your Wi-Fi router is going to be, you basically put your Wi-Fi router in the exact spot you want it to be, regardless of where your internet's coming in. But there is some wiring involved. You can't do this wirelessly. It has to be a physical wired line between your Wi-Fi router and your modem to, to come in. So yeah. so think about, but I know some people do feel a little like their hands are tied because they have to use the room where their internet comes in by default, whatever house they have. And uh, there are ways around it, but it is it is tricky and it yeah. could be costly. Can I, can I geek out for just a second? I mean, just a second, right? It's a deep, deep dive, right? We're in the deep, deep. Yeah. (laughs) So I do want to make sure people know. So if you've got cable wiring throughout your house, 
right? So you've got outlets in each of your rooms so that you could plug in and get cable uh, TV. Like a coax cable, the old coax style. cable, exactly. <laughs> Right. So it's wired. And maybe you're someone who listened to one of our first episodes about streaming TV and have gotten rid of cable. Right. Maybe you're that one or two people that have actually listened to that episode. Um, you, you may not have any need for those coax cables anymore. Right. You've got them, but you don't use them. Right. Well, one of the things that confuses people is they say, oh, I went with this Internet company. They came. They provide me Internet and I have a modem now in one of my in my office. You can't move that modem to another room and just use another coax cable outlet, right? What they did on the outside of your house is they took all the the splitter that went to all of these different rooms and they took one of them out and said, which room do you want? Okay, we're going to take that line and we're going to plug it into our system that says we're going to deliver only to that room. Now... Here's where I'm going to geek out. If you listened back to when we talked about streaming TV and we went into the deep, deep, deep dive, uh, I said that there were ways that you could go outside and just change that yourself. Okay. And I've done that before. So if you are someone that has a cable wiring is throughout your house, maybe you bought the house that already had cable wiring to it and you want to move where that router is, you just need to go on the outside of your house and find out where the split was, change the connection to the new one. You, of course, have to figure out which one is which. Um, but there are ways of doing that. You're, I think, also talking that you could potentially even go in through the walls, right? And you could kind of move a wire over. You could run an Ethernet cable through to be able to have something. Uh, they're all little ways that you can tinker with that in order to get a better signal. But uh, do keep in mind that at some point in time, they chose which one of your outlets is going to be hot for Internet. And, and you can change that. Uh, it just requires a little bit of uh, tinkering on the outside. So, But you're right. If you've got a better option, it's like, oh, well, there's another room. And I didn't want it to go there originally because I needed TV there. But if Internet's more important now, right, maybe it's time to switch that outlet over so you can be in a better place. Yeah. running Having that coax cable already running through your house uh, is is great. And there are ways to work with it. It's a little deeper than we'll probably want to go. I could go even deeper on this even further than you're going. But let's table that for another time. I think the idea is that there are devices and tools out there you could use that can convert, that allow you to convert uh, coax signal to network Ethernet signal and vice versa. Um, I have a splitter, Ethernet splitter in my cellar where the Internet's coming in and I can actually hook it up to any one of the jacks that are running to any room in my house. So I could change the location of my Wi-Fi router if I wanted to. So, yeah, it's... There's a lot of ways to do it. Um, yep. Yep. I just want to make sure people understood that you're not necessarily 100% stuck with whatever room they initially ran your internet to because you you could look at some ways to try to manipulate that. Yep. So. Yep. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. We probably should should have mentioned this a while back that the easiest way, if you are concerned about Wi-Fi signal, if you're concerned about getting connections and maybe it drops, maybe you have the micro, microwave conflict issue we talked about before, it's ugly, right? But it's probably helpful for almost everyone to have an Ethernet cable, a long Ethernet cable that they can call up and use um, when they have that really important Zoom call that they need to do, right? Oh, I, you know, I mean, if you've got a, let's say you've got a 50, 50 foot Ethernet cable that is in a drawer somewhere. And you happen to be three rooms away, but you're realizing I have a very important call. I have an interview that needs good Wi-Fi or needs good signal. Just running your running your cable to go connect directly into your router, I think is probably smart to do. Uh, you know you're going to get a better signal that way. Listen, I, I have two primary locations where I work. There is my office office at my office building, and there is my home office. Those are the two places where 95% of the work I do happen. Both of those locations, I have an Ethernet cable run to that desk. And if I'm sitting at that desk, I've plugged in the Ethernet. I love Wi-Fi. I love not having cables. But I do enough 
video conferencing or uploading or downloading of files or streaming of video that I have to have a good connection. And if it means having an unsightly cable plugging in my, my laptop while I'm sitting here at my desk, that's what I do. Yep. Um, yep. So I'm with you on that. I think if you have a certain location in your home where you do a prominent amount of work and that work depends on high bandwidth, speed, video processing, whatever it may be, you really, really could benefit from an Ethernet cable running there. Now, again, that runs into the whole question of, well, if, but if my internet's down in my basement and I do everything through yeah. Wi-Fi, how do I get an Ethernet cable up to where I am? That is a whole other challenge, right. you know, to talk about. It'll take some wiring. It'll take some some uh, coordination of it. But I do think if you really want the best option for Yeah, if it's possible, it's a really nice nice thing to have. And And for those that don't know, in the back of your router, it's called a router because it routes the, it basically splits the signal out into multiple ethernets and the ethernets are the cables that it uh, could send it out to. So, uh, and one of those routing options is Wi-Fi generally. So if you want, you can go back and plug ethernet cables into, usually there's three, four options in the back for you to do that, mm-hmm. right? And so I have, for example, I have a I have a hard drive that I plug into one of them so that I get a wireless uh, network that I can save things yeah. to. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then I have um, some of the, uh, there's a Hue hub that it runs the wireless lights uh, that we have the light bulbs. I plug that in there just because I can tuck that all into one place and I know I get a direct connection to it. But, you know, if you keep one of those open and oftentimes I'll even have a cable in there plugged in and then the rest of it just kind of, you know, tucked to the side that if I really need a good signal, I'll go and grab the end of the cable, plug it in the computer and get to work. Um, So that's something to do for sure. Have that as a backup. If nothing else, have it as a backup when your Wi-Fi is down or your Wi-Fi is really acting up. Um, That could be a a helpful thing. Um, Let's talk about some options for people that uh, maybe uh, maybe not quite as technical. Let's go into a couple of things that just may be some helpful tips for people to think about or be aware of that could be impacting their network speed. Um, that may be some quick little fixes, but they also all may be temporary is that's the important thing to note. This doesn't, this isn't going to give you permanent better speed, but maybe if you need better speed for certain situations, keep in mind, the more devices you have on your home network, TV boxes, um, security systems, uh, anything else that you've got that are constantly running or constantly using your wireless signal in some way or your network. If you're really needing to get the best performance for a video conference call or for uh, something else, you really need the best speed you can get. You may want to consider turning off some of those other devices Mm -hmm. that may pull internet speed from you. Um, You know, every device has its own cycle of trying to download updates or download firmware or, or making modifications. It could be doing stuff in the background. You could have, um, I know on my Mac laptop, I've got it set to automatically sync up my photo library and that happens in the background. And sometimes my photo library has videos and large photos. So that's happening in the background and kind of churning up my internet speed a little bit. Just be mindful of the things running in the background. And if you mm-hmm. need to quit other applications, turn off your Apple TV box, turn off your Amazon box, just to make sure you've got the best bandwidth you can get for your application. That's good. Now, again, it's just a temporary solution. It doesn't solve it permanently, but just trying to get that better extra little boost of speed is important. And that's another reason, going back to the past uh, deep dive, I recommend looking at some of these apps that will show you all the things on your network. Yeah, I recommend that app Fing, F-I-N-G, because sometimes if I just say, man, I just feel like there's a lot of stuff happening on my network and I want to make sure I don't have any unnecessary devices on it that are pulling down bandwidth. It'll show me every device. And if I say, wow, I don't even know what that is. I may find out there's some Apple appliance or some device that is downloading a lot of stuff in the background or doing a lot of things on the internet that I wasn't aware of, and it could be absorbing some of the speed. So just being mindful of what I was running on your network and shutting things off. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar, Alan, with, um, you know, people used to say if you, uh, every so often you should go out to your electricity meter and try to see if it's continuing to run, even if you've turned lots of stuff off. And turns out that, sure, even just having things plugged in and turned off, 
will still run electricity. Well, the same thing's happening here, right? I may have turned off several of these devices, or I may not be using those devices, but they're still potentially going and grabbing data. Uh, you can go to your you can go to your uh, router, and a lot of them have lights to suggest the activity. And all of a sudden, you're not doing anything in the house, and tons of activity is happening. Well, that's a good signal. So, um, you know, that's probably another good reason not only to have a good app that shows what's on, but also if you have one of the more um, more sophisticated uh, mesh networks, you can often go in and say, turn everything off right now. Don't give a signal to anything on my network right now except this computer that I'm going to have this phone call with or this uh, video call. I think that's a cool little feature that you can you can play with if you've got it uh, Got an app to do that. Here is a, there's been several times where we have uh, three Apple TVs in our house, like, you know, one in our main den, one uh, down in our rec room where the boys, uh, my, my, my boys hang out a lot. And then there's one up in our bedroom and uh, the one in the basement, you c- it's possible for you to turn off the power of the TV and not turn off the Apple TV or the Apple TV doesn't mm-hmm. stop. So if you're watching something, and it's still streaming video and you just go turn off the TV set. Well, that video is still running on that Apple TV. It may be playing a next episode of another TV show one after another, if you're on Hulu or YouTube or some other service. So I've come home plenty of times and just flipped on the TV set and I'm like, Oh wow, there's still video running streaming. Yeah. Little things like that. You just got to be mindful of because that does chip away your bandwidth. You know, if you've got a limited bandwidth, that is taking a partial away of it uh, as it's running. So yeah. just be mindful of that when you're running on your speed. Yeah. Um, Brian, something that I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on because it's, it's, it's a whole other topic, I feel like. Right. But it is something people need to be aware of. There are viruses that could be running on computers or on devices that may be having a negative impact on your bandwidth speed uh, because either they're churning up so much of your network or your, your, your CPU, your power on your computer, that it causes everything to run slow. Or it could be doing something on the internet to actually upload or download stuff in the background and tie up your speed. So virus on your computer is one thing I would definitely do a check for if some of these other suggestions we've mentioned have not really remedied it and you still feel like things are going at a much slower speed, especially if your computer or device in general is running a lot slower than you expect. Uh, I would recommend um, you're really looking at it from a virus standpoint. Now, again, I don't want to get too detailed because it's a whole other topic to talk about virus prevention and security measures. But I will just say really quickly, if you're on a Windows device, I personally think the Windows built-in Defender app, which is their virus protection app, is really good. Uh, It's solid. Definitely run that to make sure there's nothing on your computer that could be concerning. Um, on the Mac, I use an app called Clean My Mac, which is something I use that does some tune-ups and automation on my Mac, and it also checks for virus as well. So again, we'll cover that in another topic, but I do yeah. did want to make people aware that viruses could be a culprit for lower bandwidth speed or network speed on your on your on your computer. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let me let me piggyback on that with a similar thing, which is there could be some problems also with the router itself, right? The router itself may have its own software and it's called firmware, right? Firmware is kind of like it's um, it's the foundational software for that device. Um, this is one of the reasons why I, I really do think that having a more... Um, uh, to getting a router that's a little bit more advanced, you know, if you're going to go get a router, getting some of these mesh routers and all of that, because the beauty of that is that they actually will update themselves and updates are based not just on performance, but they're also based on security. And if you have a router that's, you know, five years old and you realize that nothing has happened in that five years to the router, right? The router is still doing what it's always done. Well, there could be security gaps. There could be issues where people can now tap into that, you know, those uh, security gaps weren't available five years ago. So I think checking the firmware on your um, on your router and the way to do that easily, uh, if you have a more, um, more advanced uh, mesh network, is, of course, you can go in and say, update my software. But a lot of them are doing that on their own. They're continuing to update and make sure that it's got the, the the best firmware. And I think when you restart, a lot of those will end up searching for that. So, 
I was going to say, that's another good reason to have a restart in your process every once in a while, because even if they're not automatically downloading updates or they may be downloading updates, but not applying them until there's a restart, um, it's just a good to kind of clear it out and make sure you're getting the most up-to-date version of software on your router. It does make a difference. Um, It's not that the firmware is going to necessarily make the router faster, but it could make it more secure and prevent some any uh, misuse of the network from outside sources or viruses or anything and potentially else. more reliable right you know keep it from from cutting out and doing different things that it's been doing so brian while we're in the router yeah. let's go and talk about a couple other things to pay attention to with your router because that is going to be a source could be a big source of a lot of issues for network speed if mm-hmm. some things happen there um you made it you brought up a great example to me of something i honestly had forgotten all about the fact that um, you may have competing Wi-Fi networks, right? Right. Your house, right. Yep. Yeah. So, and this could happen a couple of ways. I, I see it actually happening a lot, uh, where uh, you have a company, Comcast, right? Comcast gives you a a router, and they say, "Here you go. All you need to do is plug in, you know, the coax cable, and turn it on, and you'll get Wi-Fi. And you'll also get, if you want to plug into it, you can. So it's the all-in-one router, right? But that's again, they're not going to give you a mesh router, right? No company is going to give you a mesh router at this point, a really kind of advanced uh, router. They're going to give you a good router. But if you're someone who then says, oh, you know what? I really, I wanted one of these mesh routers uh, to have the satellites and I'm going to plug the mesh router into that original router. A lot of people don't realize that that signal for the old router is still being blasted out. So you may have a signal for your Comcast router and then a signal for your Google uh, Wi-Fi mesh router. And your computer is going to continue to look for whichever one is uh, the strongest at the time. And sometimes that's going to get confused and be problematic. I have a friend who just actually just yesterday mentioned to me, he said, oh, yeah, we, you know, we set up this brand new uh, system in our house. He said, but the only problem is every once in a while, our computer is still you know, defaults back to the old signal. And I, I got confused. Like, what do you mean the old signal? He's like, well, AT&T, it still shows up AT&T every once in a while. I'm like, oh, well, you have the old router is still sending out a Wi-Fi signal. And that's a problem, right? You don't need that. One, it's using up your bandwidth and it shouldn't be. And two, it's just going to confuse devices. So there are ways, some of them are easier. I don't know, Alan, if you've had uh, some of these routers that you can just go on the back and turn off the Wi-Fi signal. So there's a little little switch that says Wi-Fi off. Others, you actually have to dig into the settings to tell it to turn the Wi-Fi signal off. Um, but I think that's something good to do uh, if you have added another Wi-Fi router yourself, right? So. Well, let me just tell you my personal preference on this, just because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kind of a stickler on this. I don't like the all-in-one yeah. router modem boxes uh, that are provided by internet providers, uh, because A, I like to have the flexibility of my own wireless network and devices, and B, for that exact this exact example, is that if I want to add my own Wi-Fi network, I don't want to have to deal ever worry about there being two different networks running. So I make sure I get just a modem from the internet provider. Like, just give me a modem. That's all I need. I don't need anything that does Wi-Fi. I'll handle my own Wi-Fi with my own router system. So I don't worry about there being another competing wireless network. But you're right. If people are going to upgrade their own wireless and not realize that that original box is still putting out a wireless signal, you may be in your wireless menu and you see some networks or two different networks for your house and you don't know which one's which. Um, that's why it's important to kind of be mindful of that and turn off that other one if you can. Yep. Yep. Maybe, maybe on the last thing that I'll mention about, uh, a router itself, and this is, I'm not going to give any particular advice in this because quite honestly, I'm a little confused about it as well, but you know, Wi-Fi signal is usually sent out in different channels and there's lots of channels throughout the spectrum, the spectrum that could be sent out. And generally you'll see something like channel six or channel 11, right? That it's, it's sending that information out. I haven't actually played with this too much, um, but it's my understanding that if you're having troubles with signal, that can be another step. I'd say it's a deep step. I wouldn't go into it too much unless uh, you had to, but there are ways that certain channels might be cleaner um, uh, of a signal within your house. And that could be things like because of the other devices you have in your house, the competing signals. Um, So 
probably not something I would suggest people doing to change the channels, uh, unless you do some, uh, you really read up on it and figure out, plus you also have to go into the settings of the router, which can be a little bit problematic. It's easier with the new routers, right? I mean, you and I can go in and we can say, uh, try a different channel, but a lot of those new routers, they know to do this already. They realize that, oh, we're going to change a channel because you're in this location. So um, probably not something to mess with. If you are dealing with an older router and you are just dead set on not getting a new one, then maybe you might look at the channels to try to switch. You might want to research that. Yeah, I agree. Again, if you've got a router that was sold in the last two years, uh, this stuff is automatic. This stuff is out of the box. I I really don't think you would need to worry too much about going too deep in the details there of, yeah. of a router but you're right ones that are older ones that were provided by your internet provider uh there may be some options there to play with but uh i i don't have as much experience either so i, I can't can't go yeah. into much detail than you on that either but it is something we know is kind of on the checklist of things to look at for mm-hmm. internet speed, so. yeah all right brian you promised me you were going to show me something that <laughs> i didn't do. geek out i'm going to geek out for a minute something i was not aware of until right when we started this call but for somebody who really wants to get a very, very clear understanding of exactly what kind of signal, Wi-Fi signal they are actually getting versus what kind of noise or interference yeah. they may be. How, tell me again, mm. how do you do Okay, that? well, let me, let me start by saying the signal that you're receiving uh, in terms of your Wi-Fi, right? It's important that you check what that signal strength is and the the odd part about it. So it's all done in decibels, basically. It's like how many decibels of noise and information and sound, right, are kind of coming in through this signal. And so you can look around your Wi-Fi signals. You can see a lot of apps that will tell you um, how many decibels uh, of signal that you're receiving. So the DBM, uh, it's a decibels milliwatt, I think is what it's uh, suggesting that it's using. Now, that number, here's what confused me when I started getting into it. That number is actually represented in the negative, okay? So the higher the digits on the negative means the lower that things are, right? So, for example, a negative 100 is really low, is a lot lower than negative 10, right? So what you want is you want to look at what your signal is that you're receiving from your Wi-Fi, and the amount of noise that's coming on that signal. And of course, if we think about it logically, I want the best signal, but the least amount of noise, right? I want the best signal, least amount of noise, which means I want the highest number on my signal and I want the lowest number on my noise. And I want those two things to be quite far apart. So, and by the way, noise is like if I had uh, a a cellular phone right next to my computer and I have a... uh, uh, there's a microwave that's running in the next room over, and there's a uh, a cordless phone, right? That's also all those things are noise for your Wi-Fi, and they're keeping you from getting the signal that you uh, like to have. So the t- the tip that I gave you earlier, um, and uh, and I was so proud of the fact that you didn't know it um, was that if you're on a if you're on a Mac, and it's super easy to do if you're on a Mac, right? Everybody, if you if you got your Mac at the very top menu bar, you can see your uh, Wi-Fi signal. It looks like the five different curved lines, and they're filled in based on how how strong your signal is. Well, normally we would click on that icon, and we would see these are all the networks I can choose from, and it's got a check mark next to the one that you're using. Well, instead of just clicking on it, if you uh, hold down your option button on your keyboard and then click on that icon, now all of a sudden a whole sub sub menu of things pops up underneath the network that you're connected to. So you'll see the IP address, you'll see the router number, you'll see what kind of security you're connected to. And if you carry on down that list, there is an RSSI, mm-hmm. and that is the strength of your Wi-Fi signal. Okay, so again, you want that to be as high as possible, which means as close to zero on the negative side. It's all going to be negative. Negative number, no matter what. Yes, correct? it's going to be negative. You're correct. It's going to be negative. negative. Want to be as close to zero. So I've got a negative forty-eight, and that's yep. okay. You said that's okay. Yeah. So I, I think I, I think I read that anything between negative thirty and negative seventy is in the okay zone. Right. You're you're okay in terms of signal. So I I will tell you my computer is sitting about six inches from my router right now. And I have a negative 12. Okay. Which means I have a really good signal. 
Okay, so really close to zero, right? And then the one right below that tells you the noise. And noise is the opposite. We want that to be as low as possible. We don't want much noise, right? So far away from zero. Is correct. Well. So it's a larger digit with the negative, right? So you actually want to get in closer to even 100 if you can. If it's something like mine says right now, negative 90. Okay. So the difference between my negative 12 and negative 90 is, you know, I got about, what is that? 78. Seven, you know, 78 uh, digits apart. That means there's a low, low um, noise, high signal. That means I'm good. I mean, I'm set. I mean, that means my wireless signal is really good. That has nothing to do with speed right now, okay, because the speed is based on what kind of internet you have. But this says, do I have a good Wi-Fi signal where I am now? So if you want to do some some little digging on your own, take your laptop, pull that, pull that, do the option, click on the Wi-Fi signal, and then go and walk around your house. And you can start to see at what point do I get noise and at what point do I get a stronger signal. Uh, and so to me, Alan, the two things that I would do, like if you were calling me and you say, in which, you know, you probably would ask for my help, right? So if you call me and you say, hey, I'm having trouble with my... <laughs> oh, so you're talking a very fantastical hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, by the way, did you know about this trick? No, you didn't. Okay. So if you called me and said, listen, I'm having trouble with my, my, my internet and I am on a laptop and I'm using a Wi-Fi signal. Okay. So if you walked around and you showed me, you said, Hey, I have a signal that is, you know, negative 70 and I have noise that's negative 80. Well, for one, that signal is really low, which that means that's not very good. So my first suggestion to you would be, well, go get closer to the router, right? If you're closer to the router, that signal should get closer to zero, right? It should start moving up and up and up. If you told me that you had a problem with noise, meaning that noise was not low, it was maybe negative 50, okay, well, that's that's high noise. And all of a sudden, I would say, well, then you need to look at whatever else is around your computer right now. You need to look at the other signals around where you are. So this is an easy way for someone to kind of do their detective work to try to figure out why is it that maybe I'm not getting the internet that I'm supposed to be getting on my Wi-Fi? Is it because I am not getting a good enough signal? And if so, move closer to the router. And if you are, if it's because you've got a lot of noise, then clear out the noise. Try to find the other things that are distracting your signal. Maybe you have a great signal. Maybe you have a negative 12 signal, but you have a negative 20 noise. And that says, nope, I have a lot of noise going on that I'm not even going to get close to the speed that I need to be getting because of the noise. So, yeah, just a little suggestion. Uh, I am. I don't say this often, you know this, but I'm really proud of <laughs> Can you say that a little louder? I want to <laughs> no. make sure it clearly <laughs> went into the recording. One time only. You One didn't time pause only. the recording just now either too, did you? <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Really cool. I had no idea this little option clicking the Wi-Fi yeah. signal. It, I, I'm very, very happy I taught you something. I'm going to be doing this all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Now, okay, so I will really quickly, I would just say this can be done on a PC as well, okay? And in a PC, go to control panels, go to your network tab, and then I think you can do like advanced to see your your uh, Wi-Fi signal strength. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the negative number that represents your signal strength or your noise uh, or the noise strength. And again, you want those to be as far apart as possible. You want low noise, you want high strength, so... Very cool. Wow. That was, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was your, your brother's in tech suggestion for the episode. Is that it? Uh, you know what? I could probably just do a mic drop right now and just walk out. You know, that's, that's my suggestion right there. Yeah. I'm generally impressed. <sighs> generally. Impressed. Um, okay. Well, we ran through a lot of options and ways that you may want to consider looking at uh, improving the speed of your network or looking at some things that may be causing issues in your network. Again, just real quick. Always do your restarts whenever there's yes. a first sign of issues because that's probably the best way to clear it out right away. Look at the location and placement of your router where you're getting your Wi-Fi signal from and make sure it's a place that's accessible and doesn't stretch the limit too far of what it's able to do. Um, 
you know, look at what else is running on your network. If there's other things that are still running that are eating up a lot of bandwidth, maybe uh, videos that are running in the background on a device you didn't realize were still going. Always think about viruses, uh, both on your computer and maybe some of your hardware that's involved in your network. Uh, checking the firmware on your router. We're getting a little deeper into the router here. Um, and also even just making sure your router, uh, you don't have two different Wi-Fi signals going on yeah. in your house because of a uh, original box that was doing Wi-Fi and a new one you may have introduced on your own. So a lot of things. And then Brian's little trick about kind of really getting specific with the signal strength and the amount of noise and see if you can identify what may be impacting you one way or another. Yeah. Just again, keep in mind, we're talking about, in most cases here, when we're talking about Wi-Fi, it is a signal that is transmitting through the air. <laughs> There's a lot of things that could impact it. There's just a like a lot wind. of problems, right. Something impact, whether it's walls, whether it's somebody walking through it, whether it's other wind sources, just like wind can be affected. This is the same idea. It's this, These are signals going through the air. There's a lot of things that could be suspect of. Um, as much as we love Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi is definitely the way the future is going, people want it. The drawback of Wi-Fi versus a good old hardwired connection is that there's just a lot more things that could interfere with that signal. So you got to be a little more diligent. But hey, if you listen to this episode and you're like, you know what? My internet speed's great. I don't know why I just listened to the last hour of this. <laughs> <laughs> you you really spent a lot of time with something you didn't need. But at mm. least if the it ever does slow down for you, you know what may be the the, uh, the uh, culprit in the future. Yeah, and I think we just gave them some really cool uh, techie points, right? They can go and actually potentially, you know, help someone else out. You know, if nothing else, tell them to restart their router, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I, I, I still, we started the show with this and I'm going to end it with restart. Restart yep. Yep. computer, yep. your router, restart your modem. All the above. I guarantee you nine times out of 10, that will probably clear up whatever issue you're having. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Okay, Brian, let's wrap up with our brothers in tech suggestions for the episode. And what do you have? Is that, yeah. is, is well, that going to be? I'm just, I was just going to say, actually, I almost feel like I've just exhausted my knowledge uh, by, you know, informing you of, of the things that you didn't know about. But uh, I'm actually going to just really quickly say once again, and this shouldn't be a surprise for anyone because you've mentioned it a lot, but my my tech suggestion is if it's time for a new router or you'd like to have a little bit more control of what you're doing, look into the mesh routers. I've been so incredibly happy with the mesh routers, um, mainly because it allows you to very specifically make sure that you have signals in the places that you need them. But here's, I would say, is the most important thing for me has been the ability to hardwire in to one of the satellites in a satellite that can just be plugged in. So I can actually take, I have at my computer right now, I'm in a desk that uh, all I had to do was plug in one of these satellites right next to my desk and I can now hardwire in, uh, do a uh, an ethernet cable straight to my computer. So at least I know that that signal is gonna be fairly consistent and it's consistently going to where I need. And then, Alan, we mentioned we didn't actually say this last time, but you know, there may be some people out there that have computers, desktop computers that work just fine, but don't have a Wi-Fi card enabled in them. And if you're someone that doesn't have a Wi-Fi card, meaning your old your older computer cannot connect to Wi-Fi, it connect to an Ethernet. Well, a mesh system can allow you to do that because you can put a wi wireless signal right next to it plug directly into that uh that router and you're all of a sudden you're all you're you're wireless for the most part all you do is plugged into an outlet and uh that made things pretty clean so i'm just a big believer the the uh the software gets updated automatically you get you're safer uh, because it's constantly updating security uh it gives you more controls you can you know target and say which things need to be given internet priority. There's just so many cool things that the new routers can do that I think that's a really good way for people to upgrade your experience. So, Well, not to sound redundant, but I will re repeat everything you just said. Not as my official, I've got one uh, suggestion to give, but everything you just said is spot on. If you want to be the tech hero for someone's household that is having some internet issues, maybe spotty uh, reception in parts of the house, or they just feel like they're not getting quite the speed they should be getting. If they've got the money and the, the, the willingness to do it, to get a mesh network put in that, that is an enormous benefit. I, I will say that 
I gain so much favor with the members of my household. <laughs> I upgraded our network with a mesh network. So, and I'll take whatever I can get because, you know, it's. Yeah, you, you're, you're needing it. Yeah, you really do need it. Yeah. Every little bit of confidence building I can get. But that one made me feel really good when I saw how well everything ran in our network based on going to the mesh network. So, yeah, good deal. Um, my suggestion is a real minor, but real uh, kind of a, another one of those geeky things. But I think it's helpful for me is I, on a Mac or on Windows, you have the option for either one there's a way of getting like an activity monitor. I think on Windows, you do it through your task manager. Yeah. Uh, yep. In the Mac, it's called the activity monitor. They do the same thing. They basically are showing you uh, things that are happening on your computer. Now, you may pull up your activity monitor or your task manager and just be poof over your head. Here's the thing that applies to this episode. I want to show everybody. At least on... I believe on all of them, there is a network tab or, or something that shows you what's happening on your network, on this computer, and in relation to how it's communicating on your network. If your computer is running really slow on the internet, or you just don't feel like you're getting quite the speed, and you're trying to figure out if there's something else on your computer that's uploading or downloading a lot of stuff, and you're just trying to figure out what's taking up bandwidth, this activity monitor or task manager on Windows, the network tab of both of these will show you, and you can actually have it sort by what applications or services are pulling, sending, or receiving data on your network. So like right now, I just pulled it up, and I see that the item, the application that has been receiving and sending the most amount of data on my computer is Zoom, because that's what we're using now for video conferencing. Makes sense. If I didn't know that, if Zoom was hidden in the background, I didn't realize it was still running, I would see it and be like, oh, well, that's obviously what's causing all my, my bandwidth speed up. But I can see since I actually current on my computer, I can see how much data each app has used. So I can look at this and I can sort it and say, well, you know what? Zoom was my number one culprit, but I also see my mail program has done a little bit of data transmission. I see uh, another program, a chat program I've got running in the background is taking up a little bit of data. So I can start to get an idea of where all my data is going. It's really helpful if you really want to get very, very specific understanding exactly what is transmitting data on your computer, either downloading or uploading, and you can sort it and see it there. And then if you really need to force quit something, you have a way of highlighting it and saying, force quit that service mm -hmm. or app. It's for whatever reason, it's churning a lot of data and I don't need it to do that. So, yeah. So, and just, and really quick, even just safety, right? You may find that there's something that's, distributing a lot of data that you realized, oh, I downloaded this little app, you know, a few weeks ago, and I didn't even realize that it's constantly sending information. Well, that could be also sending personal information. So there are ways for this. This is really helpful, obviously, to know what are all the things that are sharing information from me and getting information from the web right now that may make me rethink it a little bit. So yeah, good call, Alan. Extremely important. Again, it's just another tool in your arsenal if you really are trying to diagnose problems. And again, you know, we do this show as, as even if it's you, the listener, are benefiting for your own purpose, or you're looking to share some knowledge with other people in your family or circle of friends. The activity monitor or task manager is a great tool to just get a sense of what's happening on my computer. Yep. But in relation to today's episode, it's really a great way of looking that at network. your network, mm -hmm. data back and forth. Good call. Yeah, I mean, you kind of just, yeah, you kind of just regained some, some props there, Alan. You know, you, I mean, you kind of taught us something today too. It, it was good that you finally contributed. So I appreciate that. It only took me three months of episodes, but it sounds like I'm probably did something worthy. Uh, <laughs> your tipper. <laughs> we're, we're finally getting somewhere. That's good. We're earning our keep finally. So that's yeah, good. that's good. All right, man. Well, I think we've geeked out enough on this stuff. I was great. Been everybody who stuck with us and some ways to diagnose your network. You know, I just I'll I'll just end with this last statement, Brian. I I, I realize people listening to this may may step back and listen and say, man, there's a lot of things to manage my Wi-Fi network or to manage my network to get it running smooth. 
in most cases, your network is out of the box is going to run really, really good. It's just knowing what to do when those times that it, it isn't running good yeah. and to make sure all your equipment's working properly together is all we're trying to do here. So hopefully these kind of issues don't happen often and most of your stuff runs out of the box just like it should. But hopefully this has been some helpful advice for those that maybe are running into a couple little hiccups here and there. Yeah. So, awesome. That's great. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. This has been Brothers in Tech here on TheMesh.tv. If you want to listen to other episodes of our show or other shows on The Mesh Network, you can go to TheMesh.tv, the website. From there, you can actually subscribe to our show or subscribe to any other shows. Subscribing means you're going to get these episodes downloaded to your podcast player of choice whenever they're available. You don't have to go hunt them down. You open up your podcast app. And voila, there we are. The latest episode automatically downloaded as soon as it's available. So we do recommend subscribing to shows that you like on podcast and uh, check out other shows on the mesh.tv podcast network. Brian, how can somebody contact us with questions, follow up or need more information? Yeah, that's info at the mesh.tv. So info at the mesh.tv. So send us an email. Uh, let us know that you're either asking a question or uh, giving us uh, some feedback on uh, Brothers in Tech, and we'll be uh, we'll be glad to uh, to get you some feedback uh, regarding that uh, that information. So you know, tell us tell us how things are going. Tell us if there's things that you'd like us to talk about in the future. This is our last episode for the internet. Um, uh, internet sequence here. So we're going to be jumping into a new uh, topic uh, next. So, you know, give us information of what you'd like us to dig into in the future. And uh, we'll be glad to, uh, to strongly consider those. So sounds great. Thanks everybody for listening to brothers in tech. This is Alan Jackson and Brian Jackson, both signing off. Thanks right. a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.